Listener supported. WNYC Studios. So many white guys. So many. So many white guys. So white. How much whiteness? All over the place. God damn. to this epi of so many white guys from WNYC Studios and it's me again your fave Phoebe Robinson and back with me is Joanna Salatara I said your reg name girl oh my god so formal I've been going to finishing school is that what they call it yeah great (laughs) your elocution is magnificent I know which is my salad fork now honey (laughs) (laughs) My mom made me do, like, charm school classes at the back of a Nordstrom's at the Mall of America. That is the most Midwestern thing. <laughs> and then and then I got to eat um, a funnel cake afterwards, and that was my reward. Which is also, like, you should never let an eight-year-old girl eat an entire funnel cake. That is So true. delicious. <laughs> Okay, listen, darlings. First of all, this accent's going to be with us all season, so buckle the fuck up. And, no, it's not. Please keep and, listening. And drive on the right side of the road, you blimey idiots. Um, I'd like to apologize to the UK. <laughs> I know that whole Brexit thing was complicated, but you don't deserve this. Listen up. I think you do. Okay, because guess what, Victoria Beckham not coming back to the Spice Girls and you still want me to see them in concert? How dare you? A lot of things have changed and I have my business and and I'm, I'm really, really busy with what I'm doing. Listen, Victoria, I know you have your line, Victoria by Victoria Beckham. First of all, we get it. We don't need Victoria by Victoria. We know you're Victoria. And also, you're so rich, you could take a break from your line. Do the choreography, a little one, a little two, a little three, a little four. Sing your little bridges and get on with your mates. (laughs) (laughs) I know your husband's busy playing football. He's been retired for like 10 years. (laughs) But you know what? Maybe he could go on the Spice Girl tour. (laughs) (laughs) The Spice Girls plus... David Beckham. I want to see if you're going to get it. I was going to call him Dave. Dave. (laughs) (laughs) Like he's a Midwestern dad. The Spice Girls with Dave Beckham. (laughs) Hi, Dave. (laughs) (laughs) It's like so American. (laughs) Okay, guys. Sorry for my like little rant about the Spice Girls. Let's take a break. I think that's right. right? I think that's a great idea. I'm going to calm down. Or don't. (laughs) Okay, so listen, we're back, and I'm still mad about Spice Girls, but guess what? We gotta talk about them. You have to stop. I'm gonna lose my job if we don't have this show anymore. Please, please just speak normally. Okay, Okay, guys, we're back, and I'm so excited for today's guest. She is 
one of the great loves of my life. She is probably one of the funniest people I've ever met. Like, she's really up there. It's like her, Fred Armisen, Michelle Buteau, I think are the top three. Um, We work together. We have fun together. We text together. We're the interracial Laverne and Shirley. Oh, rest in peace, Penny Marshall. What a pioneer Penny was. I know. She's amazing. We owe a lot to her. But um, back to the episode at hand. My next guest is an actress, a comedian, and a writer. She was on SNL for seven years. Seven years! Where she played some of the show's all-time favorite characters, like Miley Cyrus... Or Jacob the Bar Mitzvah Boy. The story of Hanukkah begins in 165 BCE, otherwise known as the year my bubby was born. She started movies, including one with me called Abiza. Abiza. <laughs> Abiza. Abiza. Um, also, her scene where she's riding on the elliptical <laughs> is like the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. I love hearing yeah. all of your stories about being in Croatia and Serbia together, oh. which is where the film was shot. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We didn't have the budget for a visa. <laughs> <laughs> and also I had to like, I don't smoke pot. I like don't really do drugs. Like I'll drink rosé, mm-hmm. but I had to like learn how to smoke a joint and I was not good at that. I watched that and was like, this is so not TV. One puff for the old Nickster. Nasty Nicky. <laughs> Yeah. So, I mean, you did a good, it was very believable. Yeah. It was great. But watching you with like a huge joint was <laughs> hysterical as someone who knows you. Yeah. We had to do some takes. And they're like, oh, Phoebe, you're not holding it right. <laughs> and I was like, oh. You were just like holding it in your fist. <laughs> I was just like a, like a cigar. I'm like, here we go. Um, okay. So, yes, there's a visa. Yes, there's office Christmas party. But on top of being a movie star, Vanessa has her own show in the works with Showtime. Amazing. And she even wrote a children's book, which is coming out later this year, y'all. It's Vanessa Bayer! We met IRL. Yes. When I auditioned for, for a visa. <laughs> Had we ever met before? I don't, I don't think I don't we think met we... before. I don't either. Yeah, but that was 2017. And then we shot the movie and... We got really into like learning the Serbian. The, yes. Yes. Can you remember what yours? I know is? yours and mine. Yours was. Oh, Slushai Kuchko Yasim Chef. Yes. Right? That was your phrase that you said all around and the mall. That is, what is that? Oh, listen, bitch, I'm the boss. I think. Oh, no, shut up, bitch. I think shut up, bitch. I'm the boss. I'm the boss. And I would scream that. Like, people would be like, why are you calling everyone a bitch? And then mine was. <laughs> yeah. Um, Yasim Savrashena, which may, meant I'm perfect. And so, like, we would be at, like, the mall, and I'd be like, um, I don't speak a lot of Serbian, but I do know Yasim Savrashena. And you would say what you knew. And I do think it delighted the vendors at the mall. Yeah, it brightened their day. They'd be like, all right, this was worth it. It's so funny that instead of learning, like, hello, how are you? Yeah. We just learned, <laughs> shut up, bitch, I'm the boss, and I'm perfect. <laughs> And I got into Game of Thrones during that yes. show. Yes. Yeah. I mean, well, we could go on about this, yeah. but the point is just that 
we fully worked with Richard Madden yes. and you two feet away from him were like, you know, I'm not cut up yet. I, I know the red wedding happens, but I don't know who dies. And he was just like, uh-huh. <laughs> and he was just like, yep. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I shouldn't have brought up Game of Thrones. I'm not cool. And yeah. I watched the episode and I was like, oh, <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Okay, cheers. <laughs> I will say, I think one of my favorite memories of shooting it was um, how thirsty we were for Julia Roberts. (laughs) Just like interactions. We were so desperate. Yes, we loved her (laughs) so much. So just the backstory is the DP on the movie, uh, that's director of photography, if you don't know. Director of photography, yes. Yes. (laughs) Danny Motor is married to Julia Roberts. And, you know, she would make trips to Serbs, and we yeah. would just be like, we got to we, we hang were, with the fam. I mean, first of all, we were <laughs> we were like, what a beautiful family. I feel like we were in love. We were in love. Remember when we invited them to brunch, and we changed our clothes? Because they were like— oh, I remember. They yes, were yes, like, yes. oh, we're TBD. And we're like, of course you guys can be TBD. Yeah, do whatever you yeah. want. Yes. <laughs> oh, I remember. And then, and then we had just gone to Zara yes. and gotten, like, dresses— and we were like, we have to dress up for this. Yeah. Like, if, if they show up, like, we're not going to look like slobs. <laughs> <laughs> so we both wore full dresses to brunch. Like sequins and everything. And what did Julia, Julia was like, you guys look very nice or something. Yeah, she's like, you guys look amazing. I'm like, bitch, this is for you. Like, what are you t- <laughs> Of course. <laughs> that was so, so fun. Sweet. She's an angel on earth. She's the best. Um... So you're also from Cleveland too, or the area of Cleveland? Yes, yes. yes. Okay. I feel I believe we're both from suburbs of Cleveland. Can you like tell us a little bit about your childhood? So <laughs> I grew up in Cleveland. I, yeah. you know, I like when I was really little, I was like a little performer. Like I'd always like put on shows for my family you and did? stuff. Did yes, I loved oh. to sing, and I was really into Tina Turner and Madonna. Wait, what? You yeah. never told me you're. Tina Turner. When I was little, I used to like run around singing What's Love Got to Do With It, I guess. That is so cute. I was very into her. Um, I was like always like dancing and singing and stuff. And then I was in like an, an all female sketch group in fifth grade called the Bumpernickels. <laughs> and we put on sketches for our new teacher who didn't know better than to let us like take up so much time doing sketches for our class. Wait, how did you get into sketch comedy in well, like fifth grade? Well, t- I'm being very generous. Uh. With that. <laughs> it was just me and like four or five friends. And we, I think it was like when all that was on, we we're like, we're like all that. Like that's what we, <laughs> so then we started doing, like we asked our teacher if we could, like, at the end of the day on Fridays sometimes or whatever, like, do performances for the class. And I think, you know, because he was—it was his first year teaching, he was like, great. I don't know. He kind of let us do whatever we yeah. wanted. Because <laughs> also, also my mom has since said—I mean, he was a very nice—she was like, you guys all loved Mr. Evans, but I don't think he was, like, a great teacher. <laughs> <laughs> but he sort of just let us do whatever so we cute. wanted. So that yeah. was actually my first comedy Troop was in fifth grade. Wow! And then um, I think then I got kind of shy, and then I like don't didn't really wait. You got shy, but why? Just because like you know when you become like an adolescent, kind of or like a preteen, and you're like, like there were like girls who were like 
going to like theater camp and I wasn't as much of a performer I would say in middle school and high school but I was like doing impressions of my teachers and like doing all that kind of stuff so um I want to Maybe shift to high school. Yes, when I had leukemia. Yeah. <laughs> Great. <laughs> yeah. Can you tell us a little bit, like, when did you yes. find out you so were— So I was diagnosed over spring break of ninth grade. Oh, wow. Did you, like, notice anything was off yes, beforehand? It, you know, I always am, like, hesitant to say this because people will be like, well, I have that. Um, but I was—I got sick. Yeah. And I, like a cold, and it, like, wasn't getting better. And then I was getting these um, headaches, and I was getting, like, my left eye kept swelling up. Mm. And they thought maybe it was, like, an eye infection or something. But then it kept, like, I would take, like, prednisone, like steroids, and it would go away. The yeah. eye, my eye would stop swelling. And then it would come back. And then basically they thought it might be, like, a rheumatoid thing, like lupus mm. or something because of the swelling. And so then I went to this doctor who was, like, a rheumatoid slash oncologist doctor and he was like it might be leukemia let's like test it and it was mm. so oh my gosh. I mean it, the thing is it, it was good to get like a diagnosis like meaning yeah. um the thing that I learned from being sick is that like medicine is such an inexact science so like mm. I do think a lot of people sort of have something and they don't know what it is for either a long time or like ever so it was good to know what it was but it was just like and basically, so if you have leukemia, it shows somewhere. Like, so you mm. get, like, a, a buildup of cancer cells somewhere. So that happened. That was what, So there was a buildup of cancer cells, like, near my left eye. Oh, my god! So that's why my eye kept yeah. swelling. So that's where it showed. Wow. But it was, like, really— um, When you heard—when they gave you the diagnosis, you were, what, 14? I was 15, Th- yeah. 15. It's like, you're so young to have to think about life in that way. Yeah. So, like, what were you thinking when they said you have leukemia? Were you just kind of like— Well, I remember my doctor, which in retrospect, I don't know if this was like what you're supposed to say, but he was like, you have leukemia and we're going to get you better. Which Oh, wow. Yeah. You know, it has a very high cure rate, but it's not 100%. So I'm in retro. I remember him saying that. I'm kind of surprised he said that. But and I always pretty much always thought I was going to get better. So I wasn't and I was always a very optimistic person. And I do think that was helpful just for like your state of mind or whatever. Right, right. But I remember thinking like, do I get to go back to school? Like what? And I remember finding out that I wasn't going to get to go back to school until like the next year. And that was like, so like what I would do, this is so me, is like I would be like, I'd ask my brother, I'd be like, who asked about me today? (laughs) (laughs) And everyone like, like everyone was so nice about it. Like I have to say like, this is so wild, but I didn't really realize that there was like bullies and like people being like, whatever in my school that much because yeah. everyone was so nice to me. Oh. Yeah, so you're like, why Why are there problems? I was like, yeah. this guy's great. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's awesome. Um, <laughs> this guy's a nightmare to everyone. He's really nice. <laughs> okay, so you missed the first 40 days of sophomore year. Not the year. first 40 days, but, like, I'm, I went back to school sophomore year, okay. but I, like, kept having to leave or, like, miss school, so, wow. like, throughout the year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I got—I mean, I've done stand-up about this. I mean, I could do whatever I wanted a little bit because yeah. I was, like— um, you know, I could come in late. I could, like, you know, everyone was just like, whatever you need, you yeah. know? And so I was like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it was hard because, you know, like, I so I lost my hair. And so 
I got a wig. And the thing that was fun about my wig was like, I know I said this, I led with this is hard, but the thing that I loved about it was, you know, I had curly hair and everyone who has curly hair, especially when you're like young, you like want straight hair. Like it's like all you, all you want. So I got like a straight wig and I was like, oh my God, this is so fun. I don't even have to straighten my hair. Um, But then I had like intense treatment for like 10 months. So by like winter breakish of 10th grade is when I stopped my intense chemo. Mm. But then I had like maintenance chemo for two years, which is basically like your hair grows back and stuff, but you're taking like pills and every so often I'd yeah. come in and get chemo. Like so basically I really wasn't done with chemo until the summer before my senior year of high school. Uh, and I had like an end of chemo party, of course. And everything did? I did. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. amazing. Yeah. It was really fun. I got like a cake. Yeah. Which had, like, <laughs> and like all these people came. That's and amazing. because everyone was so nice to me. Yeah. <laughs> the entire school came. You're like, guys, who has a problem with high school? <laughs> I'm like, High school, like aside from like this disease, like everyone's cool. (laughs) So this is, I didn't know about this until I did some research, but you were actually a -A Make-A-Wish kid. Yes. And they granted your wish. Yes. Which was? My wish was to go to Hawaii. Oh my God. So I'd never been to Hawaii. Yeah. And And you were what, 15? I was. When you went? I was 15. Yeah. Well, do you want to hear like a pretty funny story about yeah. this? So I was really into my so-called life when I was. Yeah. And so what you can do, you can meet someone, mm-hmm. go somewhere or get something. So like a lot of people at that time in the 90s were getting computers. Cause, yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. And uh, not that computers have gone out of style. <laughs> remember computers? <laughs> remember computers? Um, but anyway, so I really wanted to meet Jared Leto. Like <gasps> I thought that was going to be my wish. Yeah. And then I was like. So cocky, I guess, such a cocky teen. I was like, you know what? I want to meet him more when we're peers. <laughs> so I cut, love that. Cut oh my to, God. Um, I don't know, seven years ago. Yeah. And I was introducing Miley Cyrus at uh, as Miley Cyrus at yeah. the VMAs or something. And... Guess who else is presenting? Jared Leto. Yes. Oh, my god. And that's where I met him. See? There you go. So you were right. happened. Yeah. So, like, our SNL publicist, Lauren, introduced us. Like, it was so fun. Yeah. But then, yeah, we went to Hawaii. Yeah. My My brother and my parents and I all went to Hawaii. And, like, it was so amazing. Like, they put oh. us up in, like, we stayed in Maui. They put us up at, like, this resort in, like, the presidential suite. And it was just so nice. Yeah. Yeah. So that was very special. And so I've always tried to do stuff for Make-A-Wish because I do think they're such a great organization. Mm -hmm. And that when you're, like, sick, it's, like, you know, it takes your mind off of things. Make-A-Wish just, like, took care of everything. And it was just, just, like, magical. Oh, I'm so glad that you still, like, work with them, too. Like, that's really important that you're giving back, you know? Yeah. I'm, like, an amazing person. Um, so you were doing sort of like sketches and stuff. Did leukemia make you think like, oh, maybe I really want to pursue comedy in a real way? Well, so I'm, I'm kind of, (laughs) I guess I'm glossing over a lot of it, but you know, obviously it was like a very difficult thing to have, but my friends who, again, most of them are still like my really good friends. I mean, we would joke about it. Like we would Mm. joke about me being sick and stuff and, and my, you know, my dad's really funny. All my whole family is like very funny, and we yeah. would. The fact that we could make jokes about it kind of made my friends and people around us like feel comfortable about it. Okay, and yeah. I think that it was sort of like 
I don't know if it's too strong of a word, but it was like sort of magical to me that like all of a sudden things were okay because we were laughing about them. Mm. So I think it actually made my like comedic point of view stronger. And also it made me be like, I want to do this forever because like this is the thing that's like bringing us all together and making everyone feel. And I don't think I realized it at the time. Mm -hmm. Like I don't think I realized until I was like in a sketch group bloomers in college that this is what I want to do because this is like, this made like the whole thing of me being sick be sort of okay Mm. with like myself and with my friends. Yeah. You know, so I think it, I think it's kind of why I went into comedy and I don't think I realized it when I first started doing it, but doing comedy, but yeah. Yeah. And so you were, were you just so positive the whole time or did you ever have moments where you're like, fuck, I don't know if I'm going to come out the other side of this. I really never. I remember one time I was really in a daze from like chemo and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I had I kind of like doubted it for a second. But in general, I really always thought I would come out of it. Yeah. Um. Maybe that was ignorant, but I, I just really always thought I would come out of it. But there were times that were really tough. Like I remember like feeling like when I first started chemo, like there were times when I felt like. I had, like, an old lady's body because I couldn't, like, walk very far. You know, like, yeah. it was just weird to be, like, a young person and and feel, like, not – your body works the way it's supposed to be working. So yeah. there were times like that that were really hard because it was just, like, this is so crazy. Like, I just want to, like, hang out with my friends and, like, yeah. go do stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And so you got through that. Thank the uh-huh. Lord. Thank you so much. And then you you went to college. Yes. Yes. Where'd you go to school? University of Pennsylvania, the Ivy League. <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys hear that? The Ivy League? It's an Ivy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you wanted to do comedy, but then didn't you study biology? I thought I was going to be a biology major. I took, because I was really into science in yeah. school. And I, t- which like my poor doctors when I was sick, I'd be like, and what's the science behind this? And they'd be like, shut up, let us do our job. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, like how when you're a smart kid and like when you're that kid, you're like, this is cool. And then like when you're the adult who has to deal with that kid, you're like, this kid fucking sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I could just see you like asking a hundred questions and they're like, oh, my <laughs> yeah, God. Like, we, just, we get it. Yeah. She likes school. <laughs> She's a nerd. Good for her. Okay, so you were studying biology, but then did you join Bloomers while you were— Okay, so studying studying biology, I took a really hard class to start. Like, I was like, I need to take, like, the advanced, like, whatever. And then I immediately was like, nope, not for me. (laughs) (laughs) But I auditioned for—here's what happened. So they had, like, a freshman performing arts night at the Ivy League School of the University of Pennsylvania. And— and. All these performing arts groups performed, including Bloomers, which was this all-female sketch group. Now, I also want to say that, like, every group was like, please come audition for us. We really need people, including these a cappella groups that were, like, very popular. But because I was coming from Cleveland, like, not the East Coast where everyone, like, knew everything, I took them at their word. I was like, oh, off the beat, counterparts. These are groups that, like, obviously you've never heard of, but, like, at Penn were, like, the groups. And and I'm like, well, I'm going to audition for Bloomers, but I'm also going to audition for these other groups because I got to say I do an acapella group and a comedy group, whatever. So I auditioned for these, like, very cool at the time acapella groups with, like, give my regards to Broadway. Whereas, like, everyone else is doing, like, pop songs. And they must have thought I was... And also, I'm like... I can hold a 
note, I guess, but I'm not like a singer. So like, I think they must have been like, oh, this woman has lost her mind. Wait, can I hear like a little bit? <laughs> oh, I just love Well, I might have done Never Fully Dressed Without a Smile from Annie, too, because... <laughs> so people are doing, like, Christina Aguilera, and you like, doing... And I'm like, give my regards. <laughs> Also, was like yeah. I should have known when I went to audition because I was in my mind. I'm like I'm doing them a favor. They're saying they need people. Yeah. <laughs> I should have known when the list was like a hundred people long, literally <laughs> to audition. I should have been like mm, maybe they're maybe they're kind of good. <laughs> <laughs> so you, I'm gonna assume you didn't get into the acapella group. I didn't, and yeah. I also auditioned with my friend Cheryl for this like hip hop dance group. <laughs> Which I was like, how is everyone remembering these moves so quickly? But the other thing, the other thing is like, then don't say you need people so badly, or say something like, "We're actually pretty good. Like you have to be pretty good to do this." But you got into bloomers, and that's what. But I ma- got into bloomers, yeah. and actually, what was interesting about that was it was the fir- there was a lot of improvisation in the audition, yeah. And it was kind of the first time I had done that, so it, there was like really no way to prepare for the bloomers audition, and yeah. I kind of like wanted to do that the most. But when I auditioned, it was like such a natural. It was like the thing that I could do, yeah. And. I think that's when I kind of realized that I could do comedy. Was like when I auditioned for it, and then I got in because I was like. Oh, this must be like what it's like for my friends in high school who like could do sports. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> like so cool. You, it was the yeah. first thing that I kind of got outside of like school or something. Yeah. Okay, so you did that all through college, and then you moved to Chicago, and then yeah. yeah so in college, I interned one summer at Conan, and when I interned at Conan, it was like all the creative people, like the writers and stuff. A lot of them had come from Chicago. Mm. So I was like, okay, when I graduate from college, I'm going to move to Chicago. And my parents were like, okay, well, we just paid for you to do, like, unpaid internships in New York for two (laughs) summers. So you'd, like, kind of make some connections there. So, like, what are you? And I was like, no, I have to go to Chicago. And they were like, okay. (laughs) Did they foresee, like, a comedy career happening? Or were they a little bit like, I don't think our daughter knows what she's doing yet? To their credit, I think they really— saw it too but they also I think had like worried about like things like me moving to Chicago when I just spent all this time in New York and stuff but also to their credit they like kind of kept that from me yeah more than they they could have like been a little more vocal about it yeah so then I moved to Chicago and I started taking like improv classes and doing all that kind of stuff and then I worked at an ad agency yeah okay so then like every night were you doing comedy and improv and stuff? And- I was doing it a lot. I yeah. was like on a couple improv teams and I was taking a lot of classes and stuff. So pretty much almost every night. And then, okay, so you were doing this, you had the ad job during the day. Were you starting to get like comedy, like pay comedy gigs or how how yeah, was it going? So, yeah, I started doing shows and Second City hired me to kind of understudy their touring shows. Wow, that's cool. Which was cool. And then they sent me on a cruise ship, which I, I told yeah, you, you about You have this. told me about the cruise ship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So basically, like, they had a deal with Norwegian Cruise Lines, and so you could go for four months and perform on a cruise ship, like, with, a, with like, a Second City cast of, like, five or six people. So I did that. So that was, like, the first, like, real 
like full-time kind of like comedy thing I ever got. And so I went on the cruise ship for four months and I performed there. And then when I came back, I was like, I'm done like doing a nine to five. Like now I'm going to go do comedy full, you know? Is it weird to perform? Like what are the people who take cruises? Like I've never taken a cruise. I mean, a lot of people take cruises. Like it's not my favorite way of travel because (laughs) – because I, <laughs> yeah. because you have to like leave each place so quickly. Also, depending on the cruise line, like these were like bi- like we were on a huge ship that like almost had a mall quality to it. You know, like there were stores and restaurants on it, and wow. like I just feel like to me, you know, some people that's what what they want. Yeah. And so the thing that we were so was cool was like our cruise ship like left on Sunday, and we didn't. Our first show was like on Thursday. So then, what were you doing? You got we were to just like, like on a cruise. Oh, yeah. And the audiences, like, so how many shows would you do a week? There were supposed to be two scripted shows a week that you did that you did in a row, like yeah. you did an early one and a late one. And our like cruise director person was immediately like, "Just do one. You'll get a better audience." So we just did one. Oh. And then the next day we did like an improv show that was like 40 minutes long. And then I think on Saturday we'd do like a late night improv show that was like for adults only or something. Yeah. <laughs> and the only difference was like at every improv show when we'd be like, we need a suggestion of like, you know, your favorite thing. And someone would be like, dick. And then like, at the, <laughs> and then at the, at the regular improv show, yeah. we'd be like, I heard sock or like I heard like, I don't know why I'm saying, like, all failing things, but, like, yeah. I, I heard, like, um, guitar or something. Yeah. Whereas at the late night show, we could, like, take dick. Yeah. Not take dick. But you know what I mean? Like, it was just, like, the audience was, like, filthy. The all Always they wanted wow. to, like, have a filthy. But, like, we, yeah. yeah. But which is uh, improv. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, when people don't go to a lot of improv shows, like, they think it's so funny for them to, like, yell out. like Yeah. They're like, vagina. Yeah. And you're like, you're like okay. well, that is pretty funny. Just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so a lot of people know you, and you're so beloved because of SNL. So can we talk about it a little bit? Of course. Okay, so how did an audition happen? How did it all go down? Well, when you're in Chicago, SNL is like a very big—it's kind of like they come to Chicago pretty much every summer, and Mm -hmm. people know that, you know? Um, And so I think like a year before I got it, I started thinking like this would be really— the, like I all I think I always wanted to do it, but I really kind of got like focused in on it like about a year before I got it. And I took this class with this director named Matt Miller, who basically what you would do was you would like bring in characters and impressions and you would do them for the class for him in the class. Yeah. And then you'd get notes from everyone. And then you'd come back two weeks later and you would put yourself on tape wow. um doing it. And so I did that, and uh-huh. I gave the tape to a bunch of people, like like my agents at the time, and everything. And and I didn't hear anything. And I found out later because like um, nobody did any. Yeah. <laughs> but then, like a year later, SNL was coming in town, and the owner of IO was like, which used to be called Improv Olympic. She was like, if you're on a team at IO, you can audition for me, and I'll let you know if you get into the showcase or whatever. Because wow. before that, she had sort of, like, picked the showcase without— I, th- I think she had picked it sort of herself and not had people, like, audition for it. So I basically 
I was like, I want to do it. And she was like, can you be in in like an hour or something? And so I basically watched this tape that I had made like a year before. And I just did those characters and impressions for her. And she was like, okay, you're in the showcase. So they saw me there. And then they called me like a week later to come to New York and do like a screen test. And were you like, holy shit? Yeah, I was so excited. So what what characters did you do? Do you remember? So I did... I started with Miley. I yes. did my Miley impression. Oh, I love your yeah. Miley impression. <laughs> Amazing. Um, and I did a Madonna that never made it onto the show. Wait, you could do Madonna? Yeah, I mean, kind of, I, I don't ask me to do it now. I'm not going to do it. Please. Will you do it later? Yes. Okay. Sorry, guys. Yes. Okay, um, so you did those. You did like I did the, those. Uh, yeah. And then I did um, my child actor yeah. impression. I did... Something else. And then for the, I added for the New York audition this like businesswoman who's always scratching her crotch, <laughs> which never made it on, shockingly. Uh, and like one or two other things. Yeah. yeah. How long did it take before you heard back? I didn't hear anything for 24 hours. I mean, my parents, I think, didn't go to sleep like for 24 yeah. hours. Cause I, I don't know where I got this like great attitude, but I was not worried about it. Do you feel like you were like destined to be on the show, so you were kind of zen about it? Or I yeah. mean, where am I getting this attitude yeah. from? It's so positive. <laughs> it's so like Oprah. It's great. Thank you yeah. so much. I guess I'm a little bit like Oprah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so then, like a week later, yeah, one of the producers called me. Lindsay called me, and she was like. You know, she told me that I got it. And I was, and I, did you cry? I was so, well, this is like something that I have told people in my stand up, but like, I guess I'd come back like five days before from the meeting in New York. And I was like, from that trip from New York, I'm so like exhausted from how fun that was, but I'm good or whatever. And she was like, well, I hope you're not too tired to come back to New York because we want to hire you as a cast member. Oh my God. And I said, what if I said I was too tired? Because I was so excited that yeah. I was like, <laughs> like everything was like, I had no control. <laughs> and I was like, just kidding. <laughs> I'm using my JetBlue points. I'll be yeah. here. Yeah, yeah. So, so that was really fun. Like SNL is talked about so much, but I feel like I don't actually know really anything about like the inner workings of the show. So like, what are some things that you think would like surprise people who don't know about the inner workings well, of the show? Well, like, one thing that I do think, because what a lot of people don't know is that at SNL, like, if you're in the cast, you write too. Um, and so it's, like, part of the thing. And so a lot of times when a cast member is, like, um, particularly, like, a newer cast member mm-hmm. is, like, really featured in a sketch, they probably had something to do with writing it. Um, not always. Yeah. Um, you write kind of in groups usually. So, like, you, might, it might have been, like, a cast member and a couple writers or whatever yeah. it is. But so that the cast writes it... Um, another thing that is a tacky thing to bring up, but okay. you stuff is not free at the after parties. What like, you, oh, like the dinners? The dinners. Like you go to a restaurant. Oh, you have after- to pay for your dinner? Yes. Oh, no. Except at the end of the season, the, okay. the last after party is out. But like you you go there, you buy your own stuff. Yeah. You know, unless like an agent is there who's like your agent or someone, an agent that wants to represent you or something. But yeah, yeah you pay for your own stuff. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. <laughs> Everyone thinks like we go to this after party yeah. and we're like wined and dined. It's yeah. like if we want, we can wine and dine ourselves. But <laughs> that was shocking to me. It was as someone who like, as you know, loves free stuff. I was like, okay, what? Like we have to pay for our own stuff? doesn't that I mean 
I get it. Financially, I do get it because yeah. it's like, how would, are they supposed to like be at the restaurant, like pay for everyone? And everyone's like, that'd be so expensive. Yeah. But it's just like, you just think, oh, like the SNL after party, like everyone goes and it's such a scene. Oh, here's the other thing. Yeah. It's like, you're like, oh, it's like such a scene and whatever. I think it's like, we just, at least for the cast and like writers and crew and stuff, like we just want to like go eat dinner and like have a calm time. <laughs> at least I did. And then there is, like, a sceny area usually in the front, like, at yeah. a bar where, like, people are, like, you know, maybe, I don't know. I was always just, like, can I have a bowl of soup? <laughs> You're just in the corner with your soup. <laughs> and, like, Bill Murray's having the time of his life. <laughs> and I'm, like, can I pay less for the soup? <laughs> So representative here yeah. could get my soup. <laughs> so who were some of your favorite people working with since it's it's more collaborative than I think like sometimes people think? Like yeah. who are some um, of your favorite people? You know, when I started, Kristen Wig was still in the cast and yeah. she was so fun to work with. She cool. and I I don't think we ever one time one of our sketches made it to dress, but we would write like such insane stuff when I would get to write with her and she was so she was a really good person to learn from because she was like in control of her characters and had such good instincts and stuff and it was just like watching someone who's like so at the top of their game like just yeah it was really amazing but then also like (laughs) like I loved working with like Andy and Bill and yeah. Fred. Oh my God, Fred! Fred. He's like, I mean, love him. Who yeah. also just Fred had such a good. I mean, he was there. I think three, like not, three yeah. or four. Yeah, maybe three seasons. Yeah. I got to work with him there, and he is still such a good friend. And he's like, he just always had the best attitude about things. Mm. Like he, like it makes sense that he and Keenan both spent such a long time there mm-hmm. because they both were sort of able to like let stuff just like if their thing didn't get in or yeah. whatever they're just so and 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 the other thing that I think is like a really good thing to be able to do there is to be able to like accept it like when 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 some people leave and some people come to mm. be sort of like okay with like the change that happens mm-hmm. They're so funny, but they're also so able to, like, embrace the people around them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of people like that. I'm definitely leaving a lot of people yeah. out. But And so now you're in L.A., you're— Yes, now I'm, now I'm like, kind of like Hollywood. Yeah, you're so Like, I'm so a Hollywood hot. baby. <laughs> <laughs> but you're developing a project for yourself. We won't, like, go too into because, yes, you know, but— Yes, I'm developing a project. Um, my friend Jeremy Byler, who was also one of my favorite people to yeah. work with at SNL, and I are developing— something at Showtime. Yeah. So we're very excited about that. It's in the very early stages, so I so I won't um, say too much about it. I'm very excited. But that's been very exciting. Yeah. And then, um, oh, I have a children's book coming out in June. I read, your, I read the book. Yes. Can, you tell us, can you tell them about the book? Because I think it's so sweet. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so I will tell you about the book. So the book is called How Do You Care for a Very Sick Bear? And it's about, like, if you have a friend who's sick, how do you, like— you know, what do you do to kind of, you know, be there for them? Yeah. And so um, it comes out June 4th. And it's basically, I think, because, you know, because I was sick, which we've talked about, my friends and stuff like really showed up for me and stuff. Yeah. And I think that a lot of times when people are sick or like going through a trauma, even mm-hmm. for adults, like you don't, people don't know what to do. Yeah. And so people will sometimes be like, 
I'm just going to leave them alone, yeah. you know? And that's, like, really—that's not really for them. That's kind of—because it's, it's, it is. It's, like, scary yeah. when someone is going through something and you don't know what to do for them. So this book is basically just—it's, like, about kind of—they're the same person. Like, just mm. be there for them. And if they don't—if they need space or whatever, let them tell you. Like, don't yeah. just assume that they're, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, I guess it's, I'm kind of, like, a guru. you are a guru (laughs) well Vanessa Vanny Bayer is this over this is over we had so much fun we could talk forever I know but I also and I I hate to put you in the spot but like one of my favorite things (laughs) about you is when you would sing I'm like a bird to me (laughs) by Nelly Furtado you did it in such a funny if you could do that just a little bit let me try and remember how I did it (laughs) it was so cute (laughs) Okay, I think it's like I'm like a man, I'm on my way. I don't know none of all this on it. I It starts out as words and then immediately it's just <laughs> yeah. sounds. <laughs> OMG Jonesy, what a woman, what a life. Um, my favorite part of that interview is the Jared Leto, the Jared Leto story. <laughs> it's so incredible. Yeah. Also, do you follow his Instagram? No. Should I? Yeah. Is it wild? Yeah. It's like pictures of him like doing yoga and you're like, what? <laughs> and then like his ad campaigns and then like video from him because he has that band 30 Seconds to Mars oh, right, and right, they're right. major overseas. So it's like really cool. But he is like fully ridiculous. But I smash. I'm so excited. I'm so excited to see this. Well, I just feel like he's always like in fancy perfume commercials and mm-hmm. wearing, wearing lots of jewelry and scarves. <laughs> okay. Well, here's the thing. We could talk about J Lay all day, <laughs> all day, but we gotta roll. Okay. You're right. It's time to go. Time to get out of here. I don't want to leave. What if we stayed like five more minutes? Just in silence. Yeah. Okay. Okay, guys. There's so many white guys teaming clues. Emery Baldonado, Joanna Salataroff, Paula Schutman, Joe Plord, Keegan Zima, and moi, Phoebe Robinson. Our theme song was written by a white dude and sung by a bunch of other white dudes. You can find some hot content on Vanessa Bayer and I on Twitter at WNYC Studios. You can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Dope Queen Phoebes, P-H-E-E-B-S. And guess what, y'all? If you still can't get enough of me, I'm going on the road this year with my stand-up tour. It's called Sorry Harriet Tubman. So go to PhoebeRobinson.com and get your tickets now. I will be in Boston on May 3rd at the Wilbur Theater. There are a handful of tickets left, so get those bad boys now. And then June 4th through 8th, I will be doing a residency in Fort Worth, Texas. That's going to be awesome. You're going to hear a pretty sexy and funny hour. So get your tickets. See you soon. Bye, bye. Bye.